Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. For just joining us, we were speaking to David Hutniak, CEO of Landlord BC. Uh, he was, of course, responding to us in regards to announcement today by the provincial government, uh, which has set the maximum allowable rent increase for 2024 at 3.5%, which is below the 12-month average for inflation, which is 5 6 uh, 5.6%. And so the 3.5% increase basically uh, applies to all rent increases effective January 1st, 2024. Uh, landlords have basically said, look, with inflation um, the way it's been, uh, they have uh, been given the, these rate hikes that are below the inflation rate. And during COVID, there was a rent increase freeze that was put in place as well. And then, of course, the province capped rent increases at 2%, which, are, which were well below the 5.4% inflation rate uh, as well. Now, previous to the NDP getting in, the annual allowable rent increase was based on the inflation rate plus 2%. Now, if you're a renter, uh, where the average rent, we are told in some surveys, says it's close to $3,000 per month for a one-bedroom apartment, uh, you know, even a, a 3.5% rent increase is significant. Joining me now is our Jerry Mayor Judson. Um, I know we talked to the landlords. Yes, they have a perspective. They I do. have some sympathy for them in regards to the supply of rentals and the fact that they do invest, but you still got to pay your rent. And there's a lot of folks in this city uh, who probably don't uh, uh, are already having challenges. And and, then you've talked to some of those folks today. Yes. Yeah. Today I uh, did get to chat with the new, sorry, the leader in the uh, Acorn Association, well, it's the Association of Community Organizations for Reform. Now they deal with a lot of like tenancy, advocacy, sort of residential stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's a leader for New West. His name is Gary Rodden. So I chatted with him about what he thinks about the 3.5% rent increase from the renter's perspective. 3.5% sounds reasonable, but unfortunately there are loopholes in BC rent controls that allow landlords to raise rents much more than 3.5%. Uh, one example is a voluntary rent increase. I don't know if you know what a voluntary rent increase is. Um, is that when the landlord says, like, do they not have to ask your permission, I guess? Yes, your landlord comes to you and asks you for to voluntarily raise your rent. So if the rent increase is, say, 2%, as it was last year, your landlord can come to you and ask you for, say, an extra 2 hundred dollars a month that might be a, a 10 or 20 percent increase so you have the right to uh, agree to it or not in my building uh, the landlord approached uh, long, the long-term tenants in the, in the building and asked them for a, a voluntary rent increase about half of them agreed and half of them didn't agree the point is that with the with the uh, housing crisis in bc and and rental vacancy rates in vancouver at almost zero and rent skyrocketing a lot of people feel compelled to agree to this voluntary rent increase despite the fact that it's supposed to be voluntary in reality it isn't in a rent in a housing crisis. Yeah, for sure. It sort of could feel maybe more like you're doing it under duress a little bit because, well, if 
I don't agree to this rent increase. And then my landlord all of a sudden has a child that they want to move into my apartment or whatever. Like there's there's ways you're saying for landlords to get around this. Uh, supposedly exactly. okay exactly the, you just mentioned what an, another loophole which is the landlord uh, use loophole your your landlord can give you an, an eviction in order to move in a member of his, of his family and you get two months notice to move out and uh, you have to move out unless you dispute it at the residential tenancy branch right and to do that the onus is on you the person who got evicted to either look for a listing that your landlord put up and it's uh almost aimed to make it more of a headache for you the renter with a rent increase of 2% or 3.5%, it's in the interest of the landlord to try and get rid of the long-term tenants. If a long-term tenant moves out of the apartment and then the landlord rents it to a new tenant, he can raise the rent 20%, 50%, or 100%. Clearly, everyone sort of on both sides is suffering economically and and. But the, but one side has, I would say, yeah, like a lot more power in the situation than the other. Exactly. Especially in a housing crisis, the landlord obviously has a lot of power. If the rental vacancy rate in Metro Vancouver is almost zero and rents are skyrocketing, then tenants are going to be very anxious and very scared, which is why some agree to voluntary rent increases because they're afraid. British Columbia has got the highest eviction rate in Canada. Oh, really? And all 85% of all evictions in BC are no fault. In other words, the tenant has not done anything wrong. This is based on a study that was done by UBC, and we have the highest eviction rate in Canada. Three times what it is in Alberta, for example, and double what it is in Ontario. That is just a new and unique way to see that the rental market here is great. Well, thank you. sound like a renter. (laughs) I have a lot of renter rage, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the only one. Renter rage. Renter rage. I think yeah. you used that term before I in the I office. Because I have a lot of it, Jazz. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, is it? And, and I get the increase. Is it just a little deeper than beyond just the rent increase? Is it the fact that the way the rules are set up? And I'm talking about real estate. I mean, just life. Mm-hmm. The way the city runs, the region runs. That it's just not fair. People who work hard, pay their bills, uh, you know, pay their taxes, and you can't get ahead. I mean, yeah, a little bit. I think it's not as bad as I had expected the potential rent increase to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I don't know. I just think that, like... Even if it's, I, I think it's a cost of doing business. I think that there's, a, that that is the risk that is involved in this like government propped up investment is that, okay, well you have to, you're at the whim of what the government wants to do versus what the market wants to do. And I just think that if you get free equity, regardless whether or not you make money on, on your properties that you invest in, I just think that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I will. So, but how do you deal with that? So let's say I, I'll play landlord and okay. I, I've, I've invested in this property, put a down payment on. And I know what my monthly mortgage payments are going to be, my strata fees, my insurance, everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rent it or try to rent it close to breaking even yep. or a small profit, whatever the market will allow. Sure. But now the last two or three years or four years, I've had rent freezes. Um, you know, I am and my tenant's still there. So I've been mm-hmm. able to increase rent mm-hmm. uh, as much as I would like. What do you do with that? Do you think that person just, he, they should just eat the cost there and live with it? I mean, my worry is, I mm-hmm. know it's not the sexiest thing to say, the right thing to say, but... You lose some of these local investors, they're out yeah. of the market. Oh, yeah. So that's a pool of re- the rental pool uh, gets smaller, number it, one. Yes, this, it hurts and, abundance. Yeah. Yes. And the government, like I said, peaked in building houses in this country in the early 1970s. Now, I think we put enough pressure collectively in society saying, let's get focused again and we'll get there. Although it's hard to get labor to do all this stuff, mm-hmm. it'll get there, but it doesn't help. 
uh, Jerry today, does it? No, certainly not. The problem exactly was 50 years ago. The problem was not ensuring abundance. And the problem is like, like uh, the guest was saying, like um, about turnaround. Yeah, there's no turnaround anymore because everyone's terrified to to leave and look for something else. It, it creates like this, this, this thing that the government just stopped doing 50 years ago. It's created a hostility between, between renters and landlords. It's created a lot of fear on both ends. And uh, it just, you know, it could have been avoided. It could have been avoided <laughs> at so many points. And at every single opportunity, the, the, the powers that be said, no, we're fine. It's yeah. fine. The market's doing its thing. It's fine. And uh, now it's bloated, awful, and terrible, and everybody hates each other. That's part of the problem, especially in the provincial and federal level, is most elected officials are homeowners. Yes. Right? Not just one home, maybe two or three. Oh, yeah, maybe I, some of them are landlords. There's a directory you can look yeah. up, actually. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, no, no there's, there's no doubt. And I'm not just saying it's a boomer thing. It's a Gen X thing as oh, well, yeah. right? Oh, for so, sure. And probably a, a few millennials who were able oh, to get in the market. Oh, some elder millennials who were yeah. able to, like, all right <laughs> exactly. in there. Yeah, must be nice. So uh, we're talking to our Jeremy Judson. <laughs> uh, we want to get a perspective from, from renters as well. We did speak to Landlord BC. Give me a call in the open line. And Jerry and I are here. We want to talk a little bit about... This issue that the fact that the provincial government has come out and said, look, three and a half percent is what your rent increase can be next year. That is still below the 12 month inflation average of 5.6 percent. And as I've said before, there was a COVID rent freeze. Increases have been around 2 percent. Landlords said, how do you get ahead in this? You you know, the costs have gone up significantly. Call me on the open line. I want to hear from renters. I want to hear from landlords as well. I'm speaking to Jeremy Judson, our contributor. We're talking a little bit about the province today, uh, setting the maximum allowable rent increase for 2024 at 3.5%, which is a lot for folks. And I totally understand that, but it's below the inflation rate. rate. Landlords have said the 12-month average inflation rate um, is at 5.6%, and they're only able to uh, increase... um, Uh, Rents by 3.5% in 2024. Uh, Before 2018, the annual allowable rent increase was based on the inflation rate plus 2%. So the 2% is now gone. Uh, And just so you know that during COVID-19, there was a rent increase freeze that was put into place. Then the province capped rent increases to 2%, and certainly well below the 5.4% inflation rate. So this has been going on for, well, five, six years now, and landlords are getting very frustrated. They say, look, it's not covering their costs. At the same time, uh, you know, renters will tell you, you the average one-bedroom in Vancouver proper is now at $3,000 per month. So give me a call, whether you're a landlord or a renter, 604-280-9898. That's 604-280-9898. Star 9898 on your cell phone. Let's go to the open lines. Let's go to Mario in Surrey. Hi, Mario. Hey, Mario. Uh, Hey, uh, Jaws. Is that me? Yes. Yes, it is. What's on your mind? Okay. Well, um... I'm an immigrant. I don't know if you can tell from my accent. But anyway, I came here in the 80s, and I, I believe me, I do feel for the renters and, and for, like, the newcomers. But mm-hmm. I came to this country with $2,000 in my pocket, and right away at 22 years old, I was lucky or smart or a little bit of both to invest in, in a house. I bought a house in Burnaby for $85,000. So, of course, people say, oh, yeah, you're lucky because houses were cheap back then but some people they look at me with you know if i had two heads it's like why are you buying a house blah 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 so my point is you know if i was able to do it anybody back then could have been able to do it but mm-hmm. let's let's flip the coin here so like let's say you're an investor and you have a million and a half dollar and and you want to buy 
a house in Burnaby, never mind Vancouver. Vancouver's out of reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't, like, uh, even a house in Burnaby for three-bedroom, you're not going to be able to rent it for more than three to $4,000, maybe $5,000. And if you do the math, even with if you had money cash, don't have to uh, pay for mortgage, your return is it's pretty dismal. So it, I don't know whose fault it is, if it's the government, it's the economy, it's super hot, the real estate is very hot. Uh, it's, there's no incentive, and on top of the, like your announcement from the BC government saying that they please, uh, freeze the, the rent increase, uh, there's no incentive for the private sector unless you're mega billionaire like some of these developer. Yeah, Mario. Uh, there's, I get, no, there's, you, there's I get, no there's no investor for for the little guy like me to to buy a house or a condo. Mm-hmm. And, and like even a, let's say a condo in 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 Burnaby and U.S. Same example. Let's say if you find one for for five hundred thousand, and I don't know where they got this number one bedroom for three thousand. You're not going to be able to to rent it for three thousand. You rent it for maybe two thousand. The math just doesn't work, and you don't have to be a brain surgeon to understand. Yeah, Mario, I got your call. I got your point. Thank you for your call. Uh, and I, that's the point I was trying to make: is if you're going to rely on local investors uh, to uh, increase supply, uh, the math doesn't work. That's you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, one would argue that with an average salary, it wasn't easy uh, in the '80s to buy a home. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, interest rates did go up significantly at one point. But an average salary today, forget about it. So I think there is a difference. You weren't going to buy a house in Burnaby uh, today on an average salary, having just arrived as an immigrant. Uh, and yes, it's only 85000 and you were paid less back then, and I understand that as well. But I think the the uh, homes have just gotten away from the average British Columbian that was making average salaries. That's part of the issue. You're right about uh, local investors. That's part of the problem. That's why government has to get involved and make it easier, as we did in the 70s and 80s. When we, if you look at all the, you know, these rental homes that you see along Oak and Camby and some of these other places, purpose-built rental, the government got involved in the rental business. At its peak at one point, all the rental properties built in this country, 24% were, were uh, financed or in some way, indirectly or indirectly, by the federal government. We got away from that in the 80s. And when we were fighting and limiting the deficit in the 1990s, we got away from affordable housing. So this didn't happen today. It didn't happen under the NDP. It didn't happen to the BC Liberals either. It, it got worse under them because it was a slow build. But this is a 20-year slow march that we've got ourselves into this problem. Now, add demographics to that. What I mean by that is we have an aging society. We don't have enough workers. I want to build this. I want to build that. Where are you going to get the construction workers from? So that's part of the challenge uh, as well. So I appreciate your call. Uh, let's go to Jimmy in Surrey. Hi, Jimmy. Yeah, Jess, thanks. Uh, you mentioned the immigrants uh, not being able to afford a house in Vancouver. You know, the immigrants that bust their butt and they do buy property. Mm-hmm. I've been watching it for the last 30 years. You know, you got uh, you and I are from the same demographic. Yep. The interesting thing here is since when do people with average incomes when are they entitled to live in Vancouver, the one of the most expensive cities in the world and the most beautiful? See, on one side, they pump up the city like it's, you know, like the, the, the heaven on paradise and all that kind of stuff. And then you expect to have an uh, average salary. No, it doesn't work that way. You're not entitled. 
it's a certain group that always feels that they're entitled. You know, I want a fancy Cadillac, but I can't. You know why? Because I got three kids. I got other priorities. Yeah. And there's plenty of condos around every SkyTrain station. You know the thousands of towers of your condos. Let's move out. Yeah, and there, there, you do have a point. I mean, I, I think people also don't want... I mean, Jerry, jump in here. Uh, the Gen X is talking too much here. But jump in. But the reality is, uh, you know, some folks don't want to spend an hour and a half on a commute every day from the burbs, right? I mean, I, I, I like driving. I'm okay with it, but... That's why you want to live in the city too, Even right? Even the burbs are inaccessible right now. Average home price in like Chilliwack is like I close to six, like sorry, close to seven figures. It's uh, and 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 then for the for the price of commuting into the city, where like I could get a job is why I moved to Vancouver. I don't think that I think the average what salary in British Columbia seventy seven thousand dollars annually. Yeah, I don't think that's too big of an ask to like qualify for a mortgage. I understand it's not like it's not like the people making average salaries are just throwing the money left, right, and center, but like they're yeah. and they're not saving. It's not. It's not $10 like that at all. Lattes, yeah. Exactly. It's not yeah. like that at all. It's just we're the wages are also a problem, and I'll go on a diatribe about that later. But I, I do agree with uh, Jimmy, though. You are not. You're, you don't have a right to live next door to your parents. As much as I'd like no. to believe that, I like. I, I look at my son. I go. It's going to be a lot different for you, kid. It, and it wasn't easy for me, but it wasn't easy for a lot of folks. But it's just different. It's a different city, and we're adding another million people by 2050. So there is going to be a need for more housing, but you're going to be fighting for that housing uh, as well.